recording. Haha, I'm doing it. Oh, good. So you don't have to vamp for seven minutes before we realize what's going on. I like a good vamp. <laughs> I mean, we could just keep rolling and <laughs> doing a weird little show that nobody's coming to. Weird little show that does my whole life. Hi friends! Hi friends! Welcome to all the fucks. I'm Lillian Bustle. I am Jen Ponton. This is what is this? What is this about? What is this podcast about? Hearts, hearts. Oh my god! What did I see the other day? Uh, man! Every time I want to pull out like a bone mo, it's just it's just gone. <laughs> um, yeah, it's about hearts. It's about hearts that are very complicated and feeling a lot of things all the time. In a world that wants you to just chill out and uh, not process things. It's also kind of about that feeling when you, like, stick your hand in a whole bag of beans <laughs> or coffee beans. You know what I mean? That, like, cold feeling, but there's a lot of things touching you all yeah, at the yeah, same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, Like, what is all this stimulus? And you're like, it feels weird, but also I want to go in up to my elbow. So it's going to the Liberty Science Center. <laughs> it is! It's Liberty Science oh my Center God. of the Soul! Our, our podcast is a touch tank. <laughs> and I am a hermit crab. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm a starfish. Hey. <laughs> Jen would like you to touch her starfish. <laughs> Write it down. <laughs> I gavalt. Um, in the vein of Yiddish. Yes. Today, we're not talking about anything from my side of the tracks at all. <laughs> we are going into the great wide beyond of Jesus free. Hooray. Hooray. I'm I mean, trying to not be offensive. No, I mean like Jesus town with, with a side of Jesus freaks. Cause mm. in every town there's some freaks. And, uh, and some, uh, some, um, uh, uh, saved in there. Sure. Saved, right. Yeah. It's all so complicated, man. I'm excited to hear about your experiences. Obviously, mine are limited, but they're also hilarious because I'm such, I'm really, I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> I, I promise you that. Like, I, you're, well, so that's the thing. You're so the like, textbook here. So, perspective. So, uh, uh, on the other side of that coin, uh, I grew up not knowing any Jewish people at all. And I knew that my parents had lived in Manhattan, so they knew lots and lots and lots of all kinds of people, but um, they're like, uh, I, there were like two Jewish kids in my school growing up. And I remember when everybody like went to this one kid's bar, bar mitzvah and I like wasn't invited, but it's fine. He, I, he wasn't friends with him, but I, I, I still wish I never been to a bar mitzvah that I wasn't singing at. <laughs> <laughs> but that's my life. Funnily, I am about to go to my aunt's <clears throat> second bar mitzvah. So here's a thing that a lot of Jews don't even know, which is um, 60 years after you turn 13, you can go B'nai Mitzvah again. So my aunt is turning 73 and is about to go B'nai Mitzvah. I love it. And I'm going to be at her bat mitzvah. I love it. <laughs> Isn't that exciting? That is exciting. <laughs> well, next year I would like to have another sweet 16. Oh, fuck yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, like we had so in high school, middle school, high school, um, this girl, Stacy, she moved in around the corner from me and she was really nice and fun. And like, again, 
in, in that coming from a, a place of privilege, but like we didn't, I didn't really ask people. I assumed that everybody went to church, but it wasn't sure. like, we didn't have a lot of conversations about it. Um, I had gone to the Catholic church with some of my friends. I had friends who were Unitarian. Um, and of course that was like the super groovy, possibly pagan sort of situation. Nice. So it wasn't like who your parents would necessarily just drop you off at and be like, okay, go to church. But my folks were groovy about that stuff. Um, I had been to uh, Pentecostal churches. I had oh grew God, up Presbyterian. Oh, we can get into that. I, w- I want to hear all about that. I'm Whoa. serious. This is like the stuff I have dreams about. Oh, <laughs> so, um, but my friend Stacy uh, was very open about being Jewish. And so shortly after us being friends, I was like, oh, how cool. It was the first time I had seen like a mezuzah and someone's door. Um, and her mom was very cool. And like, they were totally happy to talk about literally anything. Um, I went, they took me to go see Schindler's List. I mean, not like now that you're friends with us and we're Jewish, you have to see this movie, but like it was, it was happening. And my, her mom was like, if you want to go see this, we'll come with, you know, we'll go. And then if you want to talk about it and you have any questions afterwards, we're happy to talk about it. I, I mean, it was very, very, very emotional. And I was very grateful for that opportunity. Oh, how old were you? Like 13? I don't know when Schindler's List came out. Uh, I was high schoolish sometime. Okay. Yeah, maybe, maybe older, mm. but regardless. Uh, it's nice that you were able to appreciate it versus, let's say, that um, <laughs> that extends. <laughs> oh, no, the field trip to the Holocaust right, Museum. Right, right. That was very different. That was possibly overly contextualized. Oh, it was. <laughs> I can guarantee you that. Woo-hoo. Yes, that was a lot thrown at a child. Yeah. 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 But I mean, growing up, so for those who aren't familiar with Presbyterian, it's like, it's a Protestant version of Christianity that is, as I experienced it, fairly chill, um, pretty white, a little bit more about ceremony than about the, the spiritual, but I, I mean, that's not really fair either. Um, uh, um, lots of liturgy. There's not much to it. I mean, it was more like potlucks and fundraisers and talent shows and singing. There was very little guilt involved. It was like um, adorable anecdotes from the preacher a la la Prairie Home Companion, kind of. Adorable. Yeah. Everything about it was sweet. The only thing was like people did dress up for church. I, I also didn't really grow up realizing that Christians had a reputation for being judgmental because again, it's not quite how I experienced it. But also I think because of my mom's many mental illnesses and her deep interest in like Egyptian um, studies. And uh, my mom was definitely like a biblical scholar. Like she knew so much about the Bible. Holy shit. Um, And I think at some point when she was younger that she, I think that she had wanted to be a minister at some point. Uh, But all of that lent an air of um, what's the word mysticism to the way my mom approached even the most um, milk toasty of Christianity that made things a little weird. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was Virginia. Everybody, everyone went to some kind of church right. and it wasn't that you were super weird. If you didn't, it was just, you, your family just didn't talk about it if you didn't. Oh, yeah, right. No. Right. No. <laughs> Interesting. 
Yeah, I feel like I knew a lot of Presbyterians. I mean, again, uh, it is a more ethnically and culturally integrated area now, but mm-hmm. um, my experience of my hometown was very waspy. Very, very waspy. Waspy. That's the perfect word for Presbyterians. Yes. Waspy. <laughs> totally. Yes. Like, not uptight about drinking. Um, a little uptight about sex, I would say, in general. But, like, my um, when I was in high school, uh, this was a book of the Bible called The Song of Songs or The Song of Solomon. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's got some very sexy shit in there. Yes. And I remember when I found it, I was like, our little sister's thighs are made of alabaster. Like, what is... What is this? And I was able to take it. That is to, a very Jewish book. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. That's and that's why though, right? Because exactly. it has nothing to do with how we've interpreted things and made people feel like shit about their bodies in the name of God. So um, I was able to take it though to our associate minister who had a lot uh, to do with the youth group, and I was like, "Can we? I'm very confused about this. Can we talk about this? And how come also? How come I am this old and I don't, never even knew that this book of the Bible existed?" And she was like, "Yeah." let's sit down and talk about this. And she was like, I want you also to like, let your folks know that we talked about this. Ah, that's responsible. Yeah. I mean, I didn't because I know my mom's reaction to things like that. That's but, fair. but if she knew that she was dealing with like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fair minded. She didn't want it to feel like a secret. Yeah. Um, and you know, I can't remember exactly what she said, but I know it was the first time I had seen, heard any kind of religious leader use the word sexuality and pleasure in Wow. Having anything to do with God or the Bible. And I was like, huh. And of course I was viciously embarrassed by the end of the whole oh thing. God, I mean, yeah. it was fine. I was glad that we had the conversation, but I was like, you did not know what you were bucking. Into don't tell anybody. anybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that I was like, Oh, huh. Um, and we like had conversations about abortion in my Sunday school class where it was like a round table where people were like, I don't like, what is this? Where does the church, where does our church stand on it? Where like, how does all of this lead back to like, what do you believe? Um, and I never got any like anti-gay vibes out of that church That's at all. Nice. Yeah. Those are all so it names. seemed very chill. Um, where, who, <laughs> you said that you went to a Christian camp once by accident. It was a Presbyterian camp, okay. I think. I really don't remember very much about it. I remember that it was more pleasant than my normal camp experience because the kids were nicer. Right, 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 right. They were nicer. And like, I could be wrong because I don't care about it <laughs> enough to remember. But um, there, I think there were most, like most Presbyterian churches were the ones that, 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 hosted the space for shit that I had to do like Girl Scout stuff. Oh, okay. And my dance class. Mm. And like, you know, so there was always kind of like a mellower feel. Mm. Although as an outsider, I still always felt like, Oh gosh, now I'm like in a house where I don't belong. Mm. Yeah. That was just weird because it was all iconography that would comfort other kids. And for me, it was like, Ooh, I don't know what any of this means. Yeah. I'm definitely feeling a little bit judged. Yeah. <laughs> like a watercolor of a lamb. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So some, um, <laughs> some palm fronds turned into a cross. Absolutely. Yeah. And the the few times that I actually like very long story short, I was not raised in the Jewish faith. There's Judaism in my family, but I 
was not really practicing until mm. I was older. And so, um, so I grew up with no real religious okay. direction. And uh, once in a while, my parents would feel badly about it. And they would be like, should we like send her to church with people? Hey, kid, why don't you like go to church with the neighbors? And I'm like, I don't want to do that. And they're like, you probably should have some God in life. So just like, ah. <laughs> but, but also fend for yourself. But also, right. We're not fucking going. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so that like they kept, they had this, <laughs> they, they felt very badly like wow we're really letting our kid down here or like leaving her out to the wolves by not giving her some religious structure in her life yeah but also but also they didn't feel bad enough to try to actually give you any guidance right and not to mention i ended up just fine and sure. blaming my judaism with zest and vigor Yay. so like it was perfect because if i had gotten any more christian structuring it would have been so much harder for me to decide what was right for me. Right. So I, I, get that. I, yeah, you know, like, and I recall a couple of times going to church with my neighbors who were their own shit show. Um, it was with the boy who would creep on me. No. And his grandparents who were his parents. Oh. And uh, I can't remember if it was a Presbyterian church or a Lutheran church. But I feel like it was one of the two. And I would just sit there and they were like, okay, now it's time for you to go to Sunday school. I'm like, what the fuck is Sunday school? I have to, no, no, no. I go to school tomorrow. Now is the time where I go home. <laughs> now it's time to go home. Are there at least cookies and lemonade involved? I think there were, mm. because, but I was so uncomfortable. Of course you were. And I'm like, I already am uncomfortable enough in this big room listening to an adult for this long. And now you're going to put Talk me about in, anything. Now you're going to put me in a basement to do arts and crafts that I don't want to do? No, 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 no. I got to tell you, you could have lured me to do anything with arts and crafts as a kid. I didn't care how uncomfortable I was. If you wanted to break out those weird little plastic beads that you iron into a, into a, I don't know, a mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking <laughs> yes, about. Yes, 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 right. Or like, they look if like there was like right, string weird. art involved or <laughs> fish prints. No, I didn't like fish prints. <laughs> I loved, I mean, it didn't, and that was what comforted me. I just used to make things all the time. So if we were going to do it and you were going to give me like some art supplies. Oh, yeah. I'm there. Yes. And I generally felt the same, but then it was like, let's apply this to the liturgy. And I'm like, wait, what now? And then there was like a lot, of, a lot of promises that were being made. Oh, like like children promising things to Jesus, and I was like, oh Ooh. no no no, this is like day one for me, and I don't really plan on coming back. So <laughs> maybe just let me draw what I want to draw. Cool. Maybe could you so pass the sculpey? <laughs> it was uncomfortable. It was very uncomfortable. I don't think I had to do that often, but once in a while, my parents would like check the clock, and they were like, oh shit, we should make sure our daughter's not, you know. Just uh, living the life of a heathen, I suppose. <laughs> so, I feel so, like there are worse things. There are, but that was that sucked. That yeah, that sucked. I did not like that. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't like it because I was just being given away. Although I will say, <laughs> to people I didn't like. On top of that, um, there were uh, there were some things that I was very envious of. So apparently, I don't remember this a ton, but like uh, when all of the Catholic girls got 
confirmed. Okay. Is that what happens when you're like seven? Yeah. yeah. yeah Is that the confirmation? And then there's something else that happens when you're like 13. Yes. But I don't I'm know about thinking Catholic about the first stuff, one. Yeah, yeah. The first one that happens when you're just a little kid and all the girls have to wear like white patent leather shoes and the big white foofy dresses. Yeah. I was like, oh, I want to do that. And you know what? I probably would have enjoyed Catholicism a little bit more than I enjoyed like prop. Oh, I can see that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right? Because there's a because there is more pomp and circumstance. And obviously in the long run, it's also like maybe a little more problematic. But um but ritual. But ritual, right, right. So it you feel more like you're watching it rather than that it's like seeping into you. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I was I was envious of those confirmation dresses. I'm like, oh, how do I get one of those? And my parents are like, that's not how it works. <laughs> I'm like, that sucks. And then... I mean, you could just buy me a dress. That's true. Shit. Man. I could just do that right now. He would. Get out of here and get myself Shit. a confirmation dress. Get her confirmation dress. <laughs> From all little patent leather Mary Janes. <laughs> uh, and then and then there was the... Uh, there was CCD. So I guess I went to school with a lot of Catholics. Huh. I feel like Catholics and Presbyterians, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. No, no, but no. But I do know that CCD is Catholics. What is CCD? Uh... CCD looks okay. Just Googled it. CCD stands for Confraternity of Christian Doctrine. Sure. It was associated in 1562 and it's about Catholic education. Hmm. And it, uh, I'm going to fuck this up, but that's okay. Um, it's done by nuns after school. So you go to a church after school, like two days a week for a Probably between confirmation and then whatever happens when you're 14. Sure. I don't know what that is. <laughs> um, uh, and, and and then you go do church school. But all the kids who were Catholic were like, were like the, well, there were some that weren't nice, but there were a lot of nice kids who were Catholic. And so they all went to CCD together. I'm like, I want to go to CCD with those kids. And my parents were like, no, you don't. And I'm like, no, no, I really do. And they're like, do you know what happens there? I'm like, I get to hang out with friends and they're like, nope, try again. So I was, I was very envious of those two like structures that I thought gave more community because I had no friends and sure. thought that maybe that would help, but you know, that no. ship has sailed. No, I understand. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Well, and there were so many avenues as a kid where you were like, maybe I'll have friends over here. Maybe I'll have friends over here. Maybe I'll have friends over here. But when you get into a rut where you're like, well, I guess nobody's ever going to fucking like me. <laughs> then. Eh. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we had mean girls at my church, but I had, I had friends there for sure. <clears throat> um, we were very active in the church when I was young and then we kind of fell off, I guess. I don't know. Probably maybe like, around the time my dad left and then I started getting back into the church. Oh, but always going to vacation Bible schools and I was jealous like of that. that too because they made it sound fun because they would give it a theme and the theme was like zoo animals. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Or like under the sea or Hawaii. And I was like, oh, I want to do that. My parents yeah. were like, no, you don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I get a holy skirt. <laughs> I thought you did. I was like, oh, my God, this is a kids-only vacation. And they're like, nope, it is not. Bye-bye. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. They're oh, just man. using fun words. Yeah. No, I loved it. I loved it. And at Vacation Bible School, like, inevitably, at some point, you had to put on a skit that was about a Bible story. And inevitably, the older, cool kids would do the freaking Good Samaritan. And they would do some kind of, like, dumb rap about it. Like, 
It was the same thing over and over and over again, but there was something very comforting about it and usually involved my favorite thing in the summer, which is air conditioning. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Your churches had air conditioning? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a miracle. Oh, yeah. No, the, in the South oh, where I was, I they weren't like super old churches up here in the North. Churches right. do not have air conditioning. No, and that because is they're all ancient. Upsetting. And we're like, that's eh, cold sometimes. <laughs> Then it's July and you're like, Jesus Christ. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Uh, yeah, no, no. We And we, our air conditioning had broken, I don't know, when I was like third grade, something like that. So any place that I could be that had air conditioning, I was there. Was like air library, plumbing, yeah. running water. I mean, places to sit. Really? It was like a hotel. You could find stuff. <laughs> There were possibly snacks. Oh, there were I mean, definitely crackers. Yes. Wait, no, not for you guys. No? What? Wafers? Anything? Oh, no, no, no. Oh. no. oh, ha. Our church for communion used, this is the like, this is the waspiest thing I can is think of. Is it Nilla wafers? No, oh, deliciouser. Ooh. Hawaiian bread. Oh, my God. They would pass loaves of Hawaiian bread and you would just take like a little boop. And then they would pass around these big plates with tiny little cups of grape juice, and you would take the grape juice. So I was at the Presbyterian church, and you didn't have to commingle. You could do the the host, the the, the host is the whole thing. Hmm. I'm not the person. Well, <laughs> you could do the juice, the the blood and the body at, in whatever combination you wanted. You didn't have to gotcha. put it all in your mouth at the same time. There was no um, transubstantiation. Is Can the you take idea. seconds? <laughs> so that's. I'm oh funny. God, sorry about that. So um, at, at the one church, it was like that. At the other church, at the um, Methodist church, everybody would come up and um, the minister would bless it one at a time. The minister would actually give everybody um, the bread and you would rip off a hunk of bread and you would dip it into the juice um, and then you would eat that. I didn't like that. I felt like it was gross. But I remember my dad came with us and he didn't come to church with us very often. I remember the minister, um, Brad Phillips, he was so funny. He was like, he leans over to my dad and he goes, you can take a bigger piece. <laughs> <laughs> and my dad was like, no, no, no. And he was like, he's like, that's going to fall into the juice. Just take a bigger piece. <laughs> oh, did you say four more Lee's Hawaiian rolls? Yeah. Wait, what's the company? Oh, the King, King, Kings. King's Hawaiian yeah. rolls. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. And that's then, like a fake holla. Mm, <gasps> I can taste it now. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. And then, I mean. Well, I mean, while we're at it, flavors of Christianity. When I think of flavors, I think of like the homemade peach ice cream that people at the Methodist church made. Oh, that's the most charming thing of all yeah, time. Yeah, I think of like spoon bread and corn pudding. What and is like, spoon bread? Uh, so it's kind of like polenta-ish. Yeah. It's so like corn... that corn pie you have in the freezer. <laughs> you know, I bought that because of that. I was like, I bet this is like spoon bread. Thanks, Trader Joe's. We'll see. <laughs> you have to bake that shit for 45 minutes. And I have not had 45 minutes to bake oh the corn God. pie. <laughs> That's what spoon bread is. Trader Joe's corn pie. I mean, it's so – everybody makes it different, but it is – it's a cross between – it's not quite cornbread and it's not quite grits, but it's not really polenta. It's really good. Oh. But, yeah, you got to eat it with a spoon. I mean, I'm sure it's not too far off from, like, gruel. You know what I mean? Right. But – but like Southern, Southern shit. And my family did not make Southern things. So I was like, look, fried chicken that people actually fried at home and then brought it in like real fried chicken, oh, um, real cobblers, like, oh, really, really good potluck food. 
And then the weird shit like the ambrosia, like the ambrosia salad where oh, it's sure. like whipped cream and, and jello and oranges and, oranges and, aspic and, and, and some pineapples. like, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> aspic. <laughs> uh, um, what was, oh, oh, oh. And everybody, everybody, um, there was always either a lemon bar of some kind and these crazy ass um, chocolate mint brownies. So it was like very, very fudgy thick brownie on the bottom. And it looked like an Andes mint. It was like a layer of green cream oh. and then a layer of chocolate ganache on the top. What? I am going to get this recipe. Oh, I might actually have it somewhere. I have, I have like a church supper book that one of my friends got me. Oh, that's so cute. Um, but uh, yeah, when I think, and I also think about at coffee hour, which was it hour, it was like church would get out and there would be like 15 minutes before Sunday school would start. And in the big fellowship hall, there would be coffee and tea and crystal light lemonade and cookies. <laughs> so I think of the little flower cookies that you could put on your finger. You know, the ones with the hole in them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're like butter cookies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. And crystal light. So when I think about that, plus the food at my church camp was really good. Like homemade bread at the camp. Like it was, what? yeah. So I think about food. <laughs> Mostly when I think about what church meant to me when I was younger, <laughs> which again, we could unpack. I, mean, I feel like it's pretty straightforward. I mean, yeah. And also comfort it was comfort. Comfort. And if you're in a nice community, a community that takes care of each other and like, and you know, food is care, food is love. Yeah. So there's a lot of that. And it was also in the South, although I always feel like Virginia is really sort of like, just the southernmost northern state, even though that's technically inaccurate, but kind of. But you know, Pennsylvania, how how tucky Pennsylvania oh, is. Do I ever know yeah. Pennsylvania? Yeah, but like we were further <laughs> south than that by a by a piece. Yeah, I don't know if that's because Pennsylvania is closer to like West Virginia. I don't know. We we it, oh it the, yeah it disperses it runs the gamut. Yes, the more military <laughs> are in your area, the less likely it is to be like super. Oh. Super close-minded hickey. Sure. Um, and that's again not a fair assessment. There, there are, there are nice people in the South. There are racists in the South. There are people who are xenophobic. There are people who are very welcoming of everybody. And it's hard to tell, except for by people's bumper stickers. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for bumper stickers. Huh. Um, but yeah, ours, ours was like, it was a very white community, but it was chill. Like if there, sure. I did not notice overt racism until I was older and looking for it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But when we went back to church, it was because my mom was sleeping all the time, and my friend Leslie's family was like, "Hey, there's actually this choir. Do you want to come?" So I started going with them, and then there was like they were giving private voice lessons, which I don't think that that guy was actually a very good voice teacher, but. And then there were private voice lessons with this guy um, who, who like a lot, he liked to wear lots of like roughly tuxedo shirts. He was very funny. Ah. Um, and I don't like, I learned some, I learned some classical music, but I don't know that he was actually a very good voice teacher. Sure. Like, I think he actually wound up giving me very bad habits that were hard for me to break later oh, on. Oh no. But uh, again, it got me out of the house and I started kind of like, getting involved with things because adults trust me mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like like Sam Irby like I'm friends with everyone's mom absolutely 
You're going to lose your mind about this. Okay. So I was thinking about this after extracurriculars and I was like, oh, I should have brought this up because it's something that I only did for a little while and I often forget about it. And then once in a blue moon, I remember it. I'm like, holy shit. Mm -hmm. And then I bury it again. Sure. <laughs> right? Right? Mm -hmm. Par for the course. So um, as I briefly, as I've said before, didn't have a lot of artistic opportunities when I was growing up. Um they, they just were not built into the school system and we didn't have like community theater or anything, but maybe by the time I was like in fourth grade, maybe fifth grade, there were two thriving choirs just over the, over the river in Pennsylvania. <laughs> uh-huh. Mm -hmm. And they were kind of churchy. Like we rehearsed in a church and the guy who led them uh, was he was like an organist and a choir conductor for churches, like a very, very, very Christian man in some aspect, whatever. Sure, that makes it sense. was all a very churchy, um, almost Catholic feeling uh -huh. thing because this guy was not nice at all. Oh. And these choirs were the Pennsylvania Singing Boys Choir mm -hmm. and the Keystone Girls Choir. Okay. And it was not I like I went for maybe two years with girls from my area of Jersey as well as girls from the Holy High Valley. And there were a lot of boys in my class also who were good singers and they were in the Pennsylvania Singing Boys Choir. It was always a little weird okay. that this, the guy who ran it, I think we pronounced his name Dr. Shade. Dr. Shade. I just thought friends. about myself. Oh my God. <laughs> Dr. Shade. I'm better. I'm here. Loved his boys choir. Yeah, I bet he did. Oh, he did. Mm. He loved his boys choir. They were the, they were the light of his life. And he looked at the Keystone girls like we were dog shit on his shoes. Ew. And so the girls were always like, yay, we get to sing too. And he's like, ugh. And we're like, oh. oh, oh no. <laughs> he was so nasty. He was so unpleasant. And he was so obsessed with these boys. Uh-huh. And always like, the boys are so much better at this. And you're like, how could little boys be better? Like, yeah. you know, right? Uh -huh. I mean, like, they don't give a shit as much as we do. No. And their voices are all over the place. <laughs> so I maybe only sang in that choir for like two years. And rehearsal might have been like once a week, wherever, in this creepy old church in like Wind Gap. And um, I, knew, I knew boys who continued to sing there. And I it eventually just like left my mind uh, for quite some time until a few years ago uh -huh. when Dr. Shade was arrested for raping a 15-year-old boy during the time that I was there. Fuck. Oh, uh, yes. And, and um, if that's the one he was arrested for, then how many others? A thousand percent. Right. And that's a 15-year-old at the time who would have had, like, just enough sechel to be like, oh, my God, this is terrifying and this is wrong and I didn't want this. Like, a little bit. But if, if it was, like, a 10-year-old, forget it. And so when a group of reporters greeted Shade outside district court asking him whether he is guilty of the allegations for which he is charged, <gasps> according to a video posted by the Pocono Record. Nope. 
Shade responded repetitively, Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. What a loony bin. What a, what a horrible human being. Wow. Yeah. So I feel like I, I feel like that may have come up in the news uh, for, for, you know, whatever, Facebook, whatever, friends who still live in Pensy. And I was like, oh, shit. I yeah. knew that piece of human refuse. And he was the worst. And this explains a whole lot about his real creepo, questionable oh, behavior. For sure. Oh, my God. Yep. So that was another weird church experience. Jeez, <laughs> man. Yeah, the, I feel like that maybe that I mean that sort of was the final nail in the coffin. <laughs> uh, I know, right? So, Singing Boys of Pennsylvania was dissolved only at the point at which uh, whatever the first legal move was made against him. So, like, I think his trial was in 2014. It the the choirs were demolished in 20. Did I say 20? I think the trial was in 2015, and the they the choirs dissolved in 2014. Wow. And they had been around for 35, 45 years, 45 years, 45 years of this shit, 45 years of this shit. With the same guy in charge. With, he founded it. Yes. He founded it. He went to a theological seminary. Oh my God. Uh, He went to uh, the Institute of sacred music. And he became, he got his doctorate at Penn State. And he served Lutheran, Episcopal, and Methodist churches as an organist and choir master for literal decades. Ugh, let me see this guy again. Oh, he also apparently had uh, child pornography. Of course he did. Of course he did. Of course he did. Let me pull up his images. Thankfully, most of them are him in a jumpsuit. Yeah, he was, oh, he was horrible. And it was so weird already. And like, you shouldn't. The eat. wild, wonderful world of William Bernard Shade. Shit, is that him? That might be him. No, no. Bernard Kenneth Shade. Oh, his name. Boo. Um, so upsetting for that other person's name to get lumped I in. I know, right? Sorry, pal. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, this guy was awful. And like, when you are 10 years old, the thought of the thought of someone like that sexually assaulting boys should not even cross your mind. Mm -mm. And it totally did at the time. And I, only because it was such a familiar memory for me. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And I might've even had kids who like told me about that stuff in later grades. And they were like, Oh, the singing boys choir. No, that shit was real sideways. Mm. I can't remember, but that might be where mm -hmm. I developed it anyway. Damn. That was a formative experience for me. And I'm like, oh, hell no. If this is sort of what church is like, forget that. Right. <laughs> well, and so here's my other issue. So, I mean, full disclosure, I, um, I, I don't know what I believe anymore. I don't sure. really have anything that's like strongly Judeo-Christian spirituality that is a practice for me. Um, I mean, some days I'm like, I would like to believe in something. And other days I'm like, I would be happy to not believe in something. <laughs> so it all depends. That would be more comforting. <laughs> yeah, some days. Some <laughs> days it is. Because, um, you know, I could like all the different ways you can rationalize things. And you're like, well, if God is is punishing people for this, but he's saving people for that, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But all, all of the wisdom of the ages has not been able to figure this out for us. So mm -hmm. um, I don't understand why Christians aren't more interested in... They seem to be, in general, more interested in 
reputation control than actual like behavior and Absolutely. brand ambassadorship, <laughs> right. let's say. Right. Yes. Yes. There are soap companies more concerned with the um with the morals of their employees. Right. Than, yeah, yeah. Uh and I just don't I'll never understand it. And it has to be, I mean, it has to be that people's jobs are wrapped up in it, you know? It's always money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like so, that's just the very depressing. And and game. Um, have another weird church story for you. Yes. Can I, will it bother people if I eat this candy bar while uh, you're talking? I think if you pull it out of the thing, it will be good. Um, let's find out. (laughs) No, wait, wait, do it directly in the mic. (laughs) Do some ASMR shit and like do the full fight. This is a bar night. Candy bar. I can't even think of the other ASMR stuff. I was going to talk about brushing somebody's hair, but that felt weird with a mouthful of chocolate. <laughs> um, we'll do our ASMR episode another time. Oh my god! Oh, can you imagine doing a whole one telling these stories? Oh no, that would be Yikes. great. <laughs> I would like that very much. Um. So I feel like after that experience, my parents did not make me do anything like that anymore. I could mm. be wrong. I could be repressing. But um, the next time I really remember something like that happening, again, I had a very, very limited cursory knowledge of what any kind of Christianity was, the difference between Catholics and Protestants, very little. And the first time I met evangelicals, mm-hmm. I was like 15. hmm and it was tough because I, there was a girl who, uh, I, okay, I was a sophomore, so it was her freshman year. And she was real fun. She was gregarious and funny and kind and talented. And I was like, oh, yes, I want to be her friend. And she, her family had moved into the development, like basically behind my house. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, done deal. And then I found out she was the kid's sister to a boy I had a crush on. Oh, hey. And I was like, ding, 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 ding. This is going to work out perfectly. So I go over. And so we're like hanging out at school. She's doing choir and everything. She's really fun. She's like witty and on top of it. And she's like, blah, blah, blah. I grew up in Thailand. And I'm like, huh. But I didn't know what that meant. And she's like, oh, yeah, I speak Thai. Oh, my parents do too. Oh, yeah, my parents work for the church. I'm not putting any of these things together. No, at all. There's no context for me. So I go to her house for the first time. And I think it was just she and I that were there. I don't think her brother was home. Um, (laughs) You're like, I would have remembered. I would have remembered that part. Um, But... So we're like hanging out and we're like listening to music and we're like telling stories. And finally we go downstairs and this is the point at which she sells me the timeshare. Oh, and she's like, Jen, I really love being your friend and I really like hanging out with you, but I really need to be sure that you've accepted Jesus into your life first. And I'm like, wait, what now? (laughs) Sorry. At what point does your brother come (laughs) on? 
she's like, so my parents are missionaries mm. and it's our job to blah, blah, blah. And I'm only like barely grabbing onto these. And she's like, I'm just so worried about you because I don't want you to rot in hell forever. And I'm like, oh, that's a lot to think about, Tracy. Let me, let me, let me <laughs> think about it. Let me think on that. So I'm like, oh no, I gotta go before I accept Christ. Yay. See you tomorrow at school. And I go home and I'm like really shaken up. Oh, yeah. Because it's never been delivered like that. Like even if that's what every Christian who ever knew me wanted to say. Mm -hmm. And of course it's not. Mm -hmm. But even if it was, nobody ever said that. Like I didn't realize that those were the stakes. Mm -hmm. So I get home and my mom's like, hey, what's up? Why are you so freaked out? And I'm like, I my new friend told me I was going to go to hell. And mom, am I going to go to hell because I don't believe in Jesus? Like am I not going to church? And she's like, Okay. Let's just cut through the bullshit right here mm -hmm. and now. There are people who do this and they are not correct. <laughs> That's great. And I'm like, oh, okay. So she really helped like lower. And she's like, do you want to hang out with this girl? I'm like, I mean, she's really fun. And I really like her brother. And she's like, hang out with her if you want, but know that you don't have to, especially if you feel this way. So I was like, hey, Tracy, I'd like to hang out, but I'm really not sure about this Jesus thing. And she's like, oh, do you want to join youth group with me and my brother? I'm like, yep, I sure do. <laughs> that sounds like a great way to figure out my feelings. Could your brother talk to me about Christ, please? I and feel then, like I understand him better. Uh, Does he also speak Thai? He, he was so quiet. That oh. was um, that was the big difference in their personalities. Tracy, Tracy was kind of like, I guess, an evangelical friend rusher. Which is why she was so appealing. I'm like, why is this girl not Jewish? Hello? Duh. She was. That was totally her personality. So it came out of nowhere. And she's like, come live in the world of Christ with me. Oh, man. But Caleb was this very quiet, uh, introspective. Yes, part. his name was Caleb. No, I know. I'm not, like, Mr. Sheffield, have you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior? I like you. <laughs> there was distinctly less Yiddish in my experience with Tracy. I wish there wasn't. That would have been so much more fun. Oh, my God. Oh. Uh, yeah. So she's like, well, you could come to youth group. And I'm like, that sounds like a great idea. Let me go to youth group with you and figure out my feelings. For your brother. For your brother. <laughs> And so we like, and we all went over in the same car and I'm sitting next to him, like staring at him. My leg is on your leg. <laughs> Any, I mean, there just, there was just nothing. Mm. Like he was. Dead inside? Mm, no. I'm just kidding. But maybe. <laughs> I mean, but also probably terrified of his penis. Oh, yes. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> and so we go into, I guess, an evangelical church mm -hmm. in the middle of town that I've never even seen. And, uh, and there's a dude with a guitar, uh, right? Dude with a guitar kind of place. Dude yep. with a guitar. Mm -hmm. And a lot did of they, songs. Did they throw the words up on the wall? Yeah. Yep. Uh -huh. There was a projector. A yep. And there was one kid who was there who, he used to be Barton when we were growing. Well, so I grew up with him as a little kid. Like he was in my school, maybe until third or fourth grade. Uh -huh. And his, Maybe maybe we were older. Anyway, he was Barton when I knew him as a kid. That was his name? Barton, yeah. Okay. So in there was a dude with a guitar and a projector screen and this kid Barton that I had gone to school with as a little kid. Like, I think I went to school with him, I don't know, 
maybe even through eighth grade, maybe. I don't remember. But then he went to a different school for high school. So all of a sudden I get there and it's Bart. And he's like, what's up? And he's spiking his hair. And I'm like, Barton, oh, every Bart spikes his hair. Barton, what are you doing, buddy? <laughs> Come on. Let's say you. <laughs> Come on. And he's like, you ready to jam with this guy? And I'm like, oh, I guess. Oh, I no. Guess so. And I'm sitting next to Caleb and I'm like, it is a great he, our, our God is a something. God, he. <laughs> oh, awesome. It's awesome, right? Ah, uh, fuck. Yeah, see, this is I know this. I just want to see what you know. Humble <laughs> uh, uh, thyself in the light of the Lord. Yeah. Uh, that one I do not know. Maybe oh, I'll learn that that the, night. It's like the second half. You can sing it on top of the other first. <laughs> God is a something. God. <laughs> something, something. Yeah. So that might have lasted two times and then I was like okay uh, this is done none of this is worth any of this and I still thought <laughs> this is definitely not getting me to make out with this guy <laughs> this, is, this is not the, the what is the um what's the abandon the um the the cost the cost loss oh yeah sunk cost fallacy there was too mm-hmm. much sunk cost going into that yeah and I was like fuck no I would much rather be at home and and just like playing video games than working on this <laughs> You can see the writing on the wall. Oh, yeah. And sort of like the best part was I knew Tracy for the rest of my time in high school. And like me sort of completely bailing on her proselytizing didn't change the fact that she liked me, which huh. was great. Totally great. Unforeseen. I thought if I didn't. No, not- that sounded like an ultimatum. Yes. It did. And then I was like, oh, I can't do youth group anymore. Oh, no. I have a cold. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm, a, I'm allergic to this shit. <laughs> I am real allergic to this shit, as we learned immediately. Um, uh, and no, we still, like we sang in the same barbershop group together. And we, um, we you know, we were still nice. friendly. It wasn't a thing, which I think is, like, lovely, given how uncomfortable it was. Right. And um, so that was my that was one my one brush with uh, wow. evangelicals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I mean, so there's there's levels of even, and also I just want to go back and say, like, I'm not I'm not anti God conceptually. I'm not anti doing nice things for people. Um, I am Social anti contract. yes. I'm anti couching. Blaming God for the guilt that you want to put on somebody else. Mm. I'm anti-making people feel bad because they don't believe the same things that you believe. I'm against shame, exclusion. Shaming. Yeah. All of the all of I got really lovely things out of my time in the church. But the reason why I left was because I saw a lot other crap. And I was like, I don't, I'm not that. And if you guys can't get your shit together to not represent us like that, then I'm not us. I'm right. not part of that. It's too, it's too, it's just too much. Um, but there's reasons why people like you and I feel this way is because that was the only version of that that was ever rolled. I mean, absolutely. I had different versions, but I hear all the time from people who were spooked completely. My friend April, same way, like only bad experiences with people trying to make her feel like shit about her body or about her choices. Um, and that was, I didn't understand that people felt that way because I had only ever seen nice things. Right. So like I, when I remember when I went to college and I, again, I had tons of gay friends by the time I was going to college. Uh, my intention was to always have gay friends forever. 
forever, forever. I was like straight people who needs them. <laughs> um, and I remember I was making friends with this guy, Sean, who was lovely. And again, it was like those big trip bandage jeans, like the jeans that had the, the big. Jinkos. Yeah. Yeah. Which by the way, someone was wearing those in my bar the other day. What? And because we had had that conversation, someone was like, Hey, is that person wearing Jinkos? And I was like, Oh, oh. shit, I'm going to do a drive by. Yeah. Totally. Oh my God. It was hilarious. And I told him about blue hair, big pants. But, yeah. So, uh, 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 very cool. Very like counterculture guy. Um, he had actually like gone to his prom with a guy in a kilt. And I was like, we are going to be best friends. Um, and I remember he sat down with me and he was like, you know, maybe two months into the semester, he goes, I, I was so glad that we became friends. When I met you, I was worried that you were a Bible thumper. And I was like a Bible thumper, because even though I was very active in all the youth group stuff, like I would have never described myself like that. And that was the first time that I realized the vibe that I could be giving off to people. Because mm. I think I still wore my little, like, little cross around my neck. And I probably still had like leftover church camp shirts and stuff that I was still wearing in college. Because sure. it was very cool. <laughs> um, then it's vintage. Right? Yeah. <laughs> no, it was not ironic at the time, though. Um, embarrassingly earnest. And I remember that was like a turning point for me because I was like, I don't want to make people feel like that ever. And it's not fair that you're lumping me in with those people, but also there has to be something that I'm doing that's giving off that vibe other than just being overly wholesome <laughs> for a horny 17 year old. Mm -hmm. um, and that, so I went to school to do, I, I chose my school because they had a youth ministry program and <clears throat> when I got there, I realized that it was Young Life, and I didn't know anything about Young Life. They didn't have that program when I was in school, and the more I started looking into it and going to their training programs, like we went to like a training retreat and all this stuff, the whole concept is that you trick kids, you who are an adult outside of high school, like hang around at high school football games and stuff and introduce yourself to the kids and the parents. And you're like, we're getting together this, <clears throat> you know, this fun program. And it's like water balloons or like super soakers or like a food fight or like something that is totally, um, it feels a little wild and not religiously affiliated at all. So you start doing these programs, you get kids to start talking about it and they're like, oh my God, no, we did this like color wars thing. And then you start sliding in. The there's actually, chair. yes, yeah. <laughs> oh no. Uh, yeah. And there's, there's a program. Like this is a program. Oh my God. And then at the end of the year. You're going to come out with Cutco knives. Yes. Oh, <laughs> that makes me so, oh, my son's little sister wound up doing the Cutco thing for a second. Mm. I was like, can you please tell your daughter not to bring knives to strangers' homes <laughs> oh to sell goodness. them for any so fucking true. reason? No, uh, what wow, horrifying dude that only that only even occurred to me right now. Yeah, you do Yeah, yeah. Oh Don't my god, send children around with knives, with knives to lunatic houses. Are you kidding me? Wow, it's kind of shocking. Nothing ever like went. I mean, I'm sure that we can Google that. You know, somebody got stabbed, <laughs> but anyway, um. Before oh. that, uh, so the, the, it was a system. Oh, right. timeshare. Oh. So at the end, at the end, it's called the crosstalk. 
So you're supposed to like slowly work in like worship music and like slowly start like talking about religious stuff. Um, and I am too smart for all of that. So I know that most people can see through that real fast. Like that's preying on people who are emotionally vulnerable and that really sickened me. And then oh, no. um, it also makes Christians look sneaky. Oh, right. Uh, and again, I was like, well, I don't want to be involved in that. And I was like, that was the only option if I was going to stay with that program was to do it through Young Life. And I was like, cool. Well, now I'm in Florida and I'm a theater major. So <laughs> absolutely. Here we are. Oh, my God. So, um, I mean, I had been doing, um, I think it was called InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. I had been doing. Oh, yeah. IVCF, right? Yeah. Right. I had been doing a Very couple active. of things. And I really sort of pulled away and like basically by my junior year of college, I was like, I would still pray and I would like read the Bible every so often. And when I moved to New York, I went to Marble Collegiate a couple of times and I only went there because I knew that they had like an LGBT group. Again, I think Presbyterian or some shade of that, but like open mm -hmm. and not shitty, but it was too big. It was huge. And then after that, I was like, maybe I don't really need any of this, but <laughs> Working up to all that, um, I felt very – I thought that I was called to be a missionary. Oh. Like, I remember um, Montreat was this youth retreat place in Asheville, Black Mountain, North Carolina, someplace, which, by the way, just met somebody who worked there at my bar the other night. What? I know. How I did that come up? Um, I was – I think I was like, what do you do? And he was like – um, I actually, I, I'm a, I'm a minister. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. And I was like, blah, blah, blah. Where are you visiting from? And, and he said, you know, that he was working at Montreat. And I was like, are you kidding me? I have such incredible memories of that place. What? And he was like, wow. But that, you know, he was like rolling it out. Like here in a gay bar right, with, right, some, right. with a guy. Absolutely. And I was like, Nope, not weird at all. We can have this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, uh, but yeah, very like formative, magical times there. I felt very loved. I felt very important in this, these groups. Like I felt when I was praying, I felt like someone was listening to me. Oh my God. I felt like I had a father figure, like so many layers of things like where it was like, of course, those are the arms I was going to fall into. Right. Um, and it was honestly at that turning point, the sliding doors moment, it either would have been that or drugs. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying you can't have both, but oh, sure. <laughs> but I was so committed to like being good mm -hmm. because that was how I wanted to like prove myself to my mother and to the world. And I was like, if there's one thing I know I can do, it's I can be really, really good. And so oh all of that, like I didn't drink in high school. I definitely didn't do any drugs. I maybe snuck a cigarette here and there. Um, but it wasn't until I was like 17 that I started smoking cigarettes and uh, the, the rest of everything was very like polishing my halo and keeping my nose clean and still having my mom accuse me of terrible things. Sure. Um, and I was at the church probably four or five nights a week because we had the Girl Scout stuff there. And then we had, I had various church things. I was on, uh, I was the youth liaison to a number of actual committees. Um, but, but Montreat was specifically, because it's anytime you're on a retreat kind of situation where it's like everything's so concentrated, feelings are concentrated, like you're in a different part of the world. The How atmosphere long does it is last? different. Is like it like a, a week. week? Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Would it happen just for like a camp 
Or was it sometimes winter? No, it was always in the summer. It was always a week. It was usually at the end. And it was kids from churches all over the country. Got it. Um, and it was big. It was a big, I want to say like a thousand people. It was big. Holy. Um, <laughs> it was like Bonnaroo. It was. <laughs> it was Jesus Bonnaroo. <laughs> Um, but yeah, they, I, that's where I learned that there was like liturgical drama and liturgical dance. So I was like, well, maybe that would be interesting to me. And that was actually, um, one of the reasons why I started to try to take on leadership roles was because I saw how respected the other teens were who were leaders in their groups. I saw how this was playing out in different communities that I had never seen before, um, and that was why I started leading prayers. That was why I started trying to help put together things for our choir. Little baby Capricorn. And I got, yeah, <laughs> little baby Capricorn indeed. So everything is just like heightened and concentrated. And of course there's, you know, it's like a whole week of prayer and introspection, but also like um, there's something incredibly powerful to singing like a pretty song in a in a beautiful like cavernous hall with a thousand other people your age, like wow. just little moments like that, that were so beautiful that were like, I'm not going to like, wow, like I'm not going to get this anywhere else. It was very moving. It felt big. It was just like, and at the time also, because I was going through so much minutia of terrible, having something to focus on that was like big and for the greater good mm -hmm. and things like that where I was like, oh, I am actively doing something nice for the planet or other people meant a lot to me. So right. I remember this one night when we were having a prayer circle um, and I had, I had started leading prayers because I felt like I looked up to the other people my age who would do that. And I was like, I can do this. But I, I was, even though I was doing theater and stuff, I was still kind of shy about things like that, um, especially where faith stuff was concerned. Um, and then when I started doing it, like people started looking up to me and that felt good. So I started doing that more. Anyway, um, we were having some sort of a prayer circle and I remember just being so overcome with emotion that I just started weeping. Oh my God. And this was like, we're like 15 of us with a couple of adults. And so somebody finally took me outside. Um, and I think maybe earlier a missionary had come to talk to our group, maybe something, but whatever it was in that moment, I felt that I was called to do mission work. And, um, I, I was like, I, you know, I feel like I'm really good at bridging, at creating communities and bridging gaps and things like that. And like, I like to travel, but in the moment it wasn't like, I wasn't intellectualizing anything. It felt like someone had fucking, um, stuck one of those, um, in oh, in Pulp Fiction, the big needle that he stabs in her heart to bring her back to life, mm -hmm. Uma Thurman, the um, is it adrenaline? Whatever yeah, it is, yeah, yeah, it's like a, it's a, um, it's a, an epipen. Yeah, yeah. So that is what it felt like. Like I felt like rocked out of my shoes. I felt Ooh. completely like there was a change that was going to happen in my life, and I felt like that's what it was. Did the now, power of Christ compel you? You know, that was rarely something that anyone ever specifically used. I was not, I mean, that's an exorcism thing, isn't it? It is. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, but it is specifically to the horror movie, which is the only way that I can relate any of this. Yeah, thing. no, that's fine. <laughs> and I'm quite certain that at some point in there, I became mildly insufferable. But also at some point, I met 
this guy who, what should we call? Let's call him John. Oh, I was going to say Chad. Chad. How's Chad No, he's nah. way not a Chad. <laughs> Good. He's barely a John. So um, this was right around the time where I really started noticing where I was like, I feel like I'm crushing on guys who are coming out of the closet. Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, oh, I like you. You're gay. I like you. You're Okay, all right. Like, calm down. <laughs> I but get again, the hint. I was so just drawn to guys who weren't – didn't have that toxic masculine Absolutely. streak. Right. Who didn't feel like they were putting up walls and walls and walls. Oh, that too, where it wasn't games, where we could actually, like, have a relationship and have a fun, good, nice time. Imagine. Yep. Yep. And probably also wanted to fucking cuddle. Mm-hmm. God damn it. <laughs> but anyway um, – we weren't super close. He was a senior, and I think I was a sophomore, and maybe we had a theater class together or something. Um, and then when he went off to college, to Bible college, I wrote him a tons and tons and tons and tons of letters. And so we pen paled the shit out of that first semester that he was gone. And so we hung out, like, at Christmas when he came back and, like, just really got really, really, really close. And um, I think – Maybe maybe just before he had gone to college, somewhere in there, um, he invited me to come to his church because he was preaching. And I was like, what? Yeah, it had to have been before he went to college. Because I remember he, I was like, you are a teenager in high school and you're preaching at your big church. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went with my mom because I didn't drive. And uh, she was like, oh, I see what this is. And she was like, just so you know, like this is not the kind of church you're used to. There's going to be some stuff here that's going to be confusing. Um, And I was like, well, where's the bulletin? And she was like, there aren't usually bulletins at things like this. She handed me the only handout anybody had given us, which was a little diagram of the weird shit you might see in this church, like being slain in the spirit. Is this the Pentecostal story? Yes! Yes! So I was, I was indeed jarred i was used to like all I love the that your mom knew of, immediately sure in did. the parking lot she yeah. was like mm-hmm. oh my god oh yeah she sure did yeah um i mean she knew by the name of the church so i uh and there's many denominations of evangelical and there's many different shades and this wasn't like strictly snake handling or anything like that but it was definitely like spiritual like speaking in tongues and stuff so I remember there was a lot of like, oh, God is an awesome God. There was like singing of praise and worship songs, which like it's just so meditative and lovely. If that's the kind of thing that you feel like you can settle into and calm your spirit with. Mm-hmm. Um, it is also, I'm sure, meant to vaguely hypnotize us all. Oh, shit. So, oh, right? Yeah. You're all chanting together. Ooh. Om Nom Shabbat. So... Um, <laughs> By the time he got up there, I was like, like, where the, what the, what, what is happening? And like, he was such a good speaker and he spoke so from the heart and was so passionate and knew like all of, all of the, all of the stuff. Like he gave a whole sermon and he was like 17. Oh my God. And so of course, then I was immediately and hopelessly. Absolutely right. Done and done her. And the whole, like, the more I hung out with him and the more I went to church with him, which I did go on occasion, I was never comfortable at the church. And it was always really weird to me. And, you know, we would talk about the speaking in tongues stuff. 
And I was like, well, here's the passage about spiritual gifts and like some people speak in tongues and some people interpret and some people are gifted with all these different gifts and it's not everybody. And like, that's not me. It would have happened to me by now if I'm, he's like, but you have to pray for it. I was like, I don't, that's not like, it's not any of my business if God wants to give me this or not. Right. Do I have to beg for it? Like it should be, yeah. It right. should be a predestined a gift, situation. Right? It's a right. spiritual gift. So it means less if I have to ask for it. Right. Or, and way less if I have to beg for it. Way less. So what happens not even fun. at the end of, yeah. <laughs> what happens at the end of all of these church services is that they they um, do an altar call and they ask people to like people who have prayers that they really want other people to pray for them to come up to the front. There's usually lots of hands in the air. There's lots of praying out loud, a lot of like, Jesus, Jesus. You just hear the is, the hiss of the S's. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's somebody doing some kind of like just tone cluster music in the background. And then maybe somebody's sort of humming something gospel-y. And it, this can go on for uh, hours usually more like my, what I experienced was like half hour or 40 minutes, maybe half hour at the least depends on, depends well, I on, was not prepared for that. Level oh, of, 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 of fervor. Sure. Yes. That is zealot, zealot, So, and there were, you know, like a couple of people in wheelchairs that they would wheel up every single time. And everybody was praying for these people in wheelchairs um, and the minister would come down and like put his hands on someone and just like, like give her the strength to walk. That and then, is some Jim Jones shit, my friend. Oh yeah. Oh my God. So <laughs> there, and then like, basically if you seemed put upon, if you seemed emotional and you came up for the altar call and you had your hands in the air and you stayed in one place for long enough, at some point, a bunch of people were going to touch you and crowd around you. And usually the person would be slain in the spirit and or faint. And then someone would come, if you were in wearing a skirt, someone would come and they put a blanket over your legs. Um, and someone would sit with you and bring you some water. And then when you like came to, somebody would probably hug you and there would be somebody to talk to you. And if anybody, if you had spoken in tongues and anybody had interpreted it, someone would hang out with you and like debrief. It's a lot, right? a lot (laughs) so this mixed up with how much I cared about him oh no and trying to figure out because I was like this doesn't seem like my scene but I really like I've said this a number of times like I believed and I think I kind of do believe that if God talked to anybody that he talked to my friend and Mm -hmm. so that's what made all the rest of this very complicated sure because then he then he came out to me as gay and was talking about how he and his roommate at college had like a death pact about the porn that they were each hiding where it was like, if anything bad happened to them or if like, it looked like they were going to get kicked out of school that they would not, they wouldn't kill each other. Good, no, good, good. I'm if so one of them, no, 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 I'm sorry. If one of them died, the other one would burn their porn. Right, right, right. Fair. That's, that's way more I didn't roll that up very well. So, so glad. I mean, given the stakes of everything else, I was like, oh, no. No, no, that's fair. <laughs> that's entirely fair. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, like, he was feeling bad. At some point, I did not think I waited very long. I think I probably told him that I liked him before he told me he was gay. But then I was like, oh, this makes sense. And then he was like, maybe I'm not gay. And I was like, maybe we could make out then. And he was like, I don't know. And 
then he went off on this mission where he met this guy in South Africa and he was like, maybe this could work. And then I don't know what happened, but we like drifted a smidge apart. Mm -hmm. We were together a lot, a lot. And um, he was like, nope, I'm healed. I'm straight forever. And of course I was still like desperately clawing onto that. And I was like, straight, like with me. Right. Right. Of course. And then we kissed once and then it was kind of like, nope. (laughs) Was it like a sad balloon? Oh no, not. It was nope for him. No, it was a very still feverish balloon for me. So, um, and there were times, Oh, we would get in fights about like whether women should be in the ministry. Um, and he would say things like, I thought we discussed this already. And I was like, what do you mean? Yeah, we did. And I, you didn't change my mind on this. So what is that? That's some patriarchal nonsense is what that so shit is. The more he started going to that college, the more that stuff like manifested in him. And the less I understood what the fuck was coming out of his mouth about his sexuality and about being healed. And the more it sounded like he was completely brainwashed. And so we kind of tried to stay friends afterwards, but I remember oh, when I moved and we have to like crawl this to make sure I had not said his name. <laughs> I haven't. Uh, I, yeah, no. I don't think so. So no, you gave a fake John, yeah. mm-hmm. John, not Chad. And there's been nothing else in the breaks. So when I moved up to New York, uh, we had been had in touch in a spotty fashion for a while. And I remember him telling me, um, about having sex with this girl that he wound up marrying. And he was like, he said, having sex with a woman is neat. Like nine, 1950 neat. Hot dog. And uh, yeah. Peachy keen, 23 skidoo. Golly gee. And I remember saying to him, I was like, you know, she can feel that. Right. And that was when I was like, whatever decisions have brought you to this point, we are not for each other anymore in any way. Good for you. But also, oh, oh. I mean, I invited him to our wedding and then he made some dumb excuse that sounded judgy. And when I called him on it, he like called me up furious. We hadn't talked in ages. And he was like, how dare you accuse me of this? That's not what I meant. And I was like, um, it really sounded like you were being judgy because uh, Don and I lived together before we got married. Oh, no. So you got in ch- trouble for living in sin? <laughs> he swears that's not what he meant. Okay. But that's what it sounded like when he declined. But from someone your age, which is bananas. And like then you, you expect yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, he was folks. three years older than me. So anyway, whatever. He has a ministry. He has three children. There's a website that posts his sermons every week. He has written books uh, about how bad gay people are and about how women should have their heads covered in churches. Oh, no. No. It's extreme. Look, if God is talking to him, he better start listening. Honestly. (laughs) Woof. That's awful. And he was so weird and fun. Ugh. I know. I hate it. Yeah, I hate it too. That's that's the worst. So that broke me for God. Mm, I, can, I can see why. 
And you know, I've had my own back and forths with spirituality in general. And I feel like if anything, I'm like, maybe, like maybe pagan, maybe, but that all seems too serious too. So it's just like, let's be nice to each other and pay attention to nature and Mm -hmm. right. Right. Be mindful of our words and how we affect other people and try to not do any harm. Yeah. Interestingly, right around the time that uh, Tracy tried to to enlist me. Um, the timeshare thing cracks me up. It's so true. <laughs> it's so true, right? Right around that time uh, was when I started getting a lot of... Um, I mean, a lot of weird shit started happening for me in my connection with my Judaism. I was getting a lot of very uh, strange prophetic dreams. Oh. Um, And I would talk to my family about them. And I'm like, what do you think this means? And they're like, well, if this means something to you, maybe you should should explore it. And I was like, wow. All right, then. (laughs) So um, we started celebrating Pesach more. And um, and it was Pesach. Passover. Oh, I think I've seen that written out before, but I've never heard anyone say it out loud. Okay. Yes. It looks like Pisach. Yes. Yes, it does. (laughs) Um, Labels. And I started exploring in the only way that I knew how to, which was through a character. So myself and my also Judaism in the family, but not directly practicing my best friend's brother Mm. and technically my best friend, the three of us. We're sort of exploring this at the same time, and we pretended to be <coughs> this Jewish family from Long Island. Oh, my God. I love it so much. And he and I were married Altakakas, old folks, and <laughs> my best friend was our daughter, Joni, and we were the Rosenthal's. And not only, <laughs> not only did we go to prom like that... <laughs> We went to parties like that. Oh my god! We went. Uh, we were requested as our alter egos to go to parties, to go to my mom's office. You were like club kids. Yeah. <laughs> nebishy, nebishy. Absolutely. Kid. Yes. <laughs> and so, like that's sort of how I outside in started to discover this part of who I was, and sure. it just kind of came out of nowhere. And, like, that kicked off my passion for it, which then continued while I was in college and continued with my Judaic studies after I had, like, grown up. And now I'm, like, you know, full-blown MOT, member of the tribe. Hooray. Right? Wow. So that was, like, my outside in. And, again, anytime my parents were, like, man, we really should have, like, raised you with more structure. I'm, like, no, because the fact that you didn't allowed me to so organically and joyfully find my own connection to something that was never forced down my throat. Right. And something that I'm so happy that I have now. And, you know, if I want to go have my first bat mitzvah when I'm 73, hell yeah. Gonna have yeah. my first fucking bat mitzvah. Man, I'm there for that. <laughs> yes, you are. Oh my God. <laughs> Be so rad. <laughs> so, you know, different <sighs> paths and they're all fine. Yes. I don't think John's path is fine. No, no, that will, right. Well, no. Different paths to like, to authentically connecting with what moves you, not pushing it away. <gasps> Hooray. <laughs> 
when I found that book that he wrote that was anti-gay, oh I was lost your fucking mind. I was horrified. And you know what? They're probably self-published. They're but they're on Amazon Still. and people buy them. Ugh. And people are suggested them. Sure. And people buy them for other people. Yeah. Not okay. I'm so sorry that your friend is ugh. Horrible. It makes me so sad. It's awful. I hate that. Yeah, it's okay. I really like needed to not get so wrapped up in guys when I was younger. I got really like I really let myself get carried away with two or three. But all the fucks. I know. All the fucks. So many fucks. I know. I couldn't not. Dude. Well, that's why I like. Wait till we swap those like absolutely heart excavating, oh. like might not even survive telling the tale stories. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, I have, and I have plenty more stories about him, but. <sighs> gotcha. God, whatever. God. God. This has been a discussion on God in <laughs> many forms. Let us pray. I will also. I will also end the liturgy here uh-huh. on a button that is actually the golden rule is mistranslated from the Hebrew. It oh, is really? not do unto others as you would have done unto new- to you. To nudes. <laughs> <laughs> so new. So new. Um, it is do not do unto others as you would not have done unto you. No kidding. It's not about being a proactive proselytizing maniac. It's about minding your own damn business. There's no money to be made in that. I know. <laughs> Hence the quote unquote mistranslation. Oh, Woo! oh, really quick. Hang on a second. I feel like there was a benediction that we always did at the end of every church service. I really haven't been to a church in a very, very long time. But I feel like I feel like maybe you're not missing much. No, I mean it's all the same. Uh, so one of them, and you could sing it as a round. Um, it was uh, "Go now in peace, go now in peace. May the love of God surround you everywhere, everywhere you may go." And you could do it as a round. And also with you. And peace be with you. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> they changed that shit up. Really? Yeah. It's not an also with you anymore. It's um uh, it's it used to be an also with you. Uh and the new response is and also with your spirit. That is that it? That's what Google says. Anyway, it surprised me the first time I had to be in a Catholic church uh. for the first time in twenty years and I was you know, coasting on what little I knew and that happened. And I was like, Oh shit. And also with your spirit. And also with your spirit. There was something that that simple, nice greeting needed. It was extra words. (laughs) (laughs) Um, we need, uh, recommendations. Oh, right. Do you want to do another Trader Joe's one? (laughs) (laughs) Can't recommend that corn pie yet because I haven't had it. I know what I'm recommending. <laughs> oh, dang. What is... Well, I mean, obviously Hawaiian bread. Um, <laughs> Hawaiian bread just in general. Yes. <gasps> oh, I mean... Don't fuck with cats. 
Oh, yeah, solid. Don't fuck with cats. So, uh, a documentary, three part documentary that's on Netflix right now. Three parter? Yeah. Have it's they been three releasing hours. Uh, I don't know. Piecemeal? Or mm, have you seen the whole thing? I haven't seen the whole thing. Okay, cool. Uh, if you like true crime, you're going to like this. Um, it's something that you might have heard about on other murder podcasts and things like that, but I had never heard this bend to it. I don't mm. want to give away much of anything about it, but. Uh, this horror show of a human being was um, posting pictures on the internet of him killing cats uh, in horrible, horrible ways. And if you're sensitive, you might want to check into where they no longer talk about that. Because if you just knowing that videos of someone killing cats, like you don't need more information, but they give you some or more. Don't seek but, it out. But it's also cool. it helps to know what, how far this person was willing to go right, right. off the bat. Um, and it's about how like internet vigilantes helped hunt this guy down and it is so vindicating. Like it's so like, yeah, get him. But then around landing, like keeps evading cops. Oh geez. It is a wild, wild ride that unfortunately Don and I binged all three parts of, and then immediately went to sleep. Oh no. And I had horrible dreams. Of course I did. But at but. least I've been binging drag race before I go to sleep. <laughs> That's been fun. Uh, but it was thrilling. That's not good for your soul. That's not my no. make yourself feel good recommendation. But sometimes I need to get lost in other people's horror shows. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Context. <laughs> uh, I will give you a feel good recommendation. <laughs> Tell me. So <laughs> Trader Joe's, my friends. <laughs> Trader Joe's. Find your own little way there because if you are like many folks, you have realized that coconut oil is not just for the kitchen anymore. <laughs> and Trader Joe's knows what the hell we're all doing with it because they've started selling it in boxes of single-use packs. Not single-use. But, but like the size, of, the size of a big soy sauce packet. Yeah. 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 And uh, it's great. <laughs> Strong recommend. For all your coconut oil needs. For all your coconut oil needs. Every single one of them. Enjoy, uh, I guess, cooking somewhere not your kitchen. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I can cook too on top of this. You know what you can use them for? What? All the fucks. That's true. Thanks for letting us hug your ears here on All the Fucks. Leave us a message at anchor.fm slash all the fucks, or you can find us on Twitter at Fucks Podcast, on Facebook at all the F.CKS, or on Instagram at all the F.CKS pod. Thanks so much for listening. Next time on All the Fucks. Aching. Longing. I mean, and sometimes joyous celebration of getting your needs met, but <laughs> mostly aching and longing. Listen to this. There's so much pining. There's so much uh, a cringing. Yes, on we. On we and regret. Oh, fuck. <laughs> You're killing me.